Welcome to In Perspective. I'm Bob Branco. He's Al Hensel. Al, how you doing? I'm doing well, Bob. I hope you are. I am. Thank you very much. We have a very special guest on our show who recognizes a common problem that has to do with traveling throughout the country. I would imagine throughout the world. You know, because when you go to an airport, you're not only going to travel within the U.S., you're going to travel around the world. And the problem seems to be focused on persons with disabilities. Uh, we have an advocate who is trying to pass some legislation that's going to make things a little bit better for us at airports. She's trying it out in Massachusetts. I want to welcome Cassandra Xavier. Cassandra, hey. How, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Great. Explain what the problems are, Cassandra, and then tell us what the legislation that you're trying to pass is going to do to curtail these problems. Okay. So the problem is, you know, people with disabilities, especially us blind and deafblind individuals, we travel with distance communication equipment. And a lot of these things are very foreign to sighted people or anyone without disabilities. So to them, it may seem like something that costs about $5, but you might want to add a couple of extra zeros behind it because, you know, these things are not cheap. Um, and so we travel with these things because we need it. But the problem is every single time we go through these things, there's either one or two things broken in our bags, especially after we ask them to put the fragile tag on it and we need them to please be careful. We ask politely and respectfully. We don't get all mean and rude about it, but we ask very nicely. And still, you will witness them open your bag and pour everything out on the table like it's a sack of potatoes. And then you get upset and you don't know who to talk to to get these things fixed. Instead of, you know, like most people, sometimes they go on social media and they cry about it, but me, I went over to Beacon Hill and I spoke to my legislator and I said, I want to create legislation that would enhance disability awareness training that will teach all airport and Massachusetts employees to recognize us folks with disabilities a lot closer, a lot more, and, you know, respect our personal belongings because these things keep getting damaged. I like to travel and I would like to continue traveling around the world, you know, without the fear of my things getting broken and having to repair them. It's infuriating just thinking about it every time I want to fly. And I haven't done so since then. Um, this legislation got started when I came back from Minnesota, uh, March of 2017. And April was when everything started to unroll. July 7th, the legislation got filed. And Tuesday, December 5th is supposed to be the hearing at the State House for this bill. Um, my intentions for this is to have it go nationwide because I feel like it'll benefit everybody with or without disabilities. It'll teach people about disabilities as well. Disabilities of all natures, in fact. Um, so it's supposed so to be 
So the legislation will mandate awareness training for staff at airports. Yes. Generally speaking, Cassandra, though, it's not only persons with disabilities that have these problems, it's anybody. I'm sure that if someone is careless with your equipment, they're going to be careless with anybody else's equipment. So maybe, in my estimation anyway, the awareness training that you're proposing should be general in nature. I know disability awareness is an important piece, but anybody who travels probably gets frustrated when this happens to them. I agree. But are these people in general relying on these equipment on a day-to-day basis? Well, no, but let's talk about the equipment more specifically. What types of equipment do you bring with you that are, that are you know, delicate, fragile, expensive, just to point out what you need? Um, Braille displays, um, FM systems, and phone loops for my hearing aids, my laptop, my iPad, and my phone. Um, those are delicate things that I use on a daily basis. Yes. And I don't think I travel without my I don't travel without my braille display or my iPad. And if I do leave my iPad, I have a secondary device with me. And you're right about the cost of these items, Cassandra. Al and I have talked about this before. I've discussed it with numbers of other people in regards to how much these items cost. You pretty much have to spend a whole government check in order to purchase an item that helps you or helps any other blind or deaf person. It's amazing, but that's a subject for another day. But just the mere fact that airport staff have to recognize they might not see this equipment that often because of their daily routines, yes. but they, they need to learn just how valuable these things are and how expensive they are, too. Mm-hmm. I agree. And Cassandra, correct me if I'm wrong, but Bob just addressed a point here as well. Um, This awareness training, albeit tailored toward folks with special needs and the understanding of of the procedures in inspecting this equipment, I I think, and and how specific uh, protocol should be implied in order to make sure that this equipment does not get damaged and and you know can pass through TSA relatively quickly to Bob's point my my kind of feeling here is um, this should basically open up basic respect and decency for everything that passes through their power view am I correct correct so I mean, you would you would think that this kind of training would be, um, and not not at all to to take anything away from your legislation because it is necessary, but you would think that this this sort of thing should be just done automatically out of respect for peop for all people's belongings. I, I'm I'm wondering now. I'm thinking about the most fragile piece of scientific measuring equipment and how precise that thing is, how well placed in a very durable box and suspended in air and in foam, etc., whatever that might be. I'm giving an extreme case. But one would think 
that just that alone, when somebody sees something the way it's packaged, gosh darn it, open it up, handle it carefully, replace it exactly where you found it, clo close the box and, and have it be on its way. Uh, I mean, and, and I'm grateful for your legislation, believe me, but, but I think to Bob's point, Cassandra, I think that this should wake people up. Mm-hmm, in full agreement. You know, you spend your bag, you spend your time fixing your bag exactly the way you need it. You should get it exactly the way you put it when you're done with TSA, you know? I totally agree with you. When do you think this legislation will be heard officially? It should be heard on December 5th. December 5th, okay. And, and who is going to be hearing this legislation? The Committee on Persons and Children with Disabilities. Um, it'll be at the State House, and um, I believe that's the only committee that's going to be there thus far. It's under that committee. Under that committee. So, Cassandra, tell us, um, because I'm sure you're eager to see this, like, Im um, implemented, like, what? three months ago right back in July you were you were just getting it rolling and, and you were probably thinking in your mind my goodness I, I can just imagine all the people now going through TSA and having you know thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars wrecked you know by mm -hmm. care by just carelessness so how long do you anticipate the whole process taking place to eventual fruition We'll stay optimistic. Um, keeping the optimism and, you know, staying as realistic as possible. I understand these are not an overnight process, so I'll give it a couple of months. I'll give it like three or four months to take place. And at that point, the bill should be to the floor, ready to be um, voted on, are you thinking? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. And I will hang back on flying around too. And I'm sure you encourage people throughout the country to establish similar legislation to take back to their state governments. Or yes. could this or could this become, Cassandra, a federal legislation? I would like it to become a federal legislation. Um, oh. Intention. You know, I wanted to give it a foundation in Massachusetts. I see. Because people travel all over the country and all over the world. Yes. And, and just because Massachusetts will likely be made to mandate awareness training by its airport staff, what about Rhode Island? What about Vermont? What about Pennsylvania? What about all these other states? Oh, like yeah. you, mentioned, you mentioned Minnesota. Now, you went to Minnesota. Now, mm -hmm. the people in Minnesota, hopefully they're okay with this, but say that you have some careless people at the Minnesota airports. It's all well and good that you've got this going in Massachusetts. So now we're just hoping that every, everybody else falls into line. And to me, the simplest way would be to make this a federal law to yeah. mandate awareness training. Do you, yes. have any, do you have any aspirations or thoughts as to how, I know we're looking beyond what's going to happen in Massachusetts on the 5th, but mm -hmm. do you have any aspirations looking ahead as to how to get this federally? Um... I do, in a sense, you know, contacting the other state reps at the uh, in different states, 
because my intentions were to have this come become nationwide. Right. You know, starting with the other neighboring states and spreading out slowly or however quickly this can go. Because the quicker the better, actually. Yeah. Um, I want I want this to be a nationwide I want this to be a federal legislation. Um, I, this is my first time ever doing such a thing, so I'm learning as I go. Is so this in the is this in the news, by the way? Because I must admit, I have not heard this on the news. I, um, this is not in the news, surprisingly. Uh, I would like it to be. Well, and, so. And this, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. And this is where the shame talking part comes in next. Now, yes. before before you get into that, Cassandra, because I'm actually thinking about other people who are, you know, they, they, they consider themselves, you know, workaday folks with disabilities. They get up in the morning with dignity. They go about their day. Um, they're productive. They come home and things happen to them directly. And, and I'm actually thinking about your blog, which I read last night. Things happen to them that um, directly relevant to their disabilities whether it's and i know you're going to get into this but by jealous people by by just folks that don't want to see us necessarily succeed for whatever reason and they yeah. sort of put obstacles and and uh, stumbling blocks in our way i'm actually thinking bob and i'm gonna kind of throw you out there a little bit although i don't think you're going to be too upset when i do this Bob's a great, great friend of mine, Cassandra. I'm extremely loyal to this guy. I'm going to help him in any way I can. And I think it might help other, other people as well on this forum. Bob is in a situation right now where his disability and his girl, his fiance's disability are causing a, a glitch in them being able to get married. Now, I know this is different, but I'm wondering if there's an a relatively simple way that you could describe to Bob and other listeners in similar situations where they need legislative help. What the sort of process is to get this kind of thing rolling? You know, how do we how do we reach out to specific people with with our needs and, and how do we get people's attention? Um, first, I would like to just say, I think that's called coattail writing. Um, you know, coattail writing. Every time you see somebody, you know, persons with disabilities actually trying to live, uh, you know, a life that they deserve to live, and you're just pulling on their coattails to interrupt it, and that's exactly what's happening with them. Yeah. With the coattail riders, um, or heel steppers, or heel riders. Sorry, heel riders. Interesting. Um, you know, you know, heel riding when you're st when you're walking and someone steps on the back of your shoe and they mess up your stride. Gives you a flat tire, sure. Yeah. Quite, an quite annoying. It is heel riders. That's what he's dealing with. And well, let's so get okay. Yes. Let's get to the shame talking. We have a few minutes, and I think this is a very important subject, Cassandra. Especially, you, you've heard a lot of stuff in the news, and the, even in the sports world, mm -hmm. people are being accused of sexual harassment more than ever. 
I mean, yeah. Bill, Bill Cosby, the guy from NBC Nightly News, yeah. a couple of senators, a couple of other politicians. It's on and on and on, and it's surfacing more and more and more. So maybe that's because of more awareness. Maybe it's because of social media. I don't know. Maybe somewhere in between. But tell us about your own uh, perspective on this topic and how you came to become more active in it. In the... Um active you know well uh, you know your dealings with this my dealings i mean i'm an individual person and you know i kind of stand off from everybody not not intentionally not to say that i think i'm better but naturally i naturally get pulled apart from the rest of everyone else and so i kind of stick out without trying to and when you stick out without intending to, someone who does not like that will come after you. They'll come for you. And you have to be ready for that. Um, so, you know, dealing with this kind of stuff, it's bizarre. It's crazy. It's its frustrating. And you have to know the best, just have to have the best attitude about it, you know. Do you think that a lot of this is because people like to prey on other people's alleged weaknesses or is it jealousy or is it somewhere in between? Yes, it's it's exactly that. You know, people, they see us, they see me, see people and they be like, okay, this is a vulnerable person. I can exercise my bullying skills on this person. But they realize really quickly that they're not going to be able to because the person they thought was vulnerable seemingly did not, was not actually what they thought. And my experience, if you don't mind me talking about it briefly. No. My experience with shame talking was when I was doing, when I was introduced with an opportunity at the Massachusetts State House and I found the letter that my bill got filed and naturally I was excited and Someone from State House News reached out to me and we discussed doing an article. And the interview happened at the office and the State House. And, and um, you know, they came along, you know, the person I was supervised by came along and decided he wanted to pull me aside and tell me, oh, you don't get to be so excited about this and what you're doing is this and everything you're doing is happening too fast and all these things. And you pretty much was trying to pick my brain and try to make me feel bad because of what was going on and how fast it took off. And because I had the interview at the office and he wanted to be there, but he couldn't. He wasn't there in enough time to be there. And by the time he came back around, I was gone and so was State House News reporter. The secretary was there and she said nothing bad happened. All they did was talk to Cassandra about her bill and what she was doing at the time. I was doing constituent specialty. Um, and the supervisor I was under was pretty much always pulling me aside to say really mean things about what I was doing. You know, trying to shame talk me, trying to make me feel bad. And anytime I ignored him, he got even more annoying 
and he went and he dug his heels into my VR counselor's back and pretty much made him join the bandwagon of shame talking me. So when I ignored both of them, they both started to team tag. So I stopped speaking to both of them once my opportunity was done. And now, every now and then I'll hear from a certain individual and they say they were talking about me still, even after all this happened months ago in the summer, they're still talking about me and how else they can try to tell me that what I'm doing is not right. Now, now, Cassandra, real real quick, because I know Bob's coming up against the clock here. Um, I've got a quick question. What you just described sounds to me like employee harassment, management harassment, um, in 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 my company, which is a private uh, manufacturing company, that's grounds for immediate dismissal. Um, were you able to get these people um, justifiably uh, able to have that punishment type of punishment served? I couldn't figure out who else to talk to about this. Wow. So like you couldn't just go to their boss and say, hey, I'm, I'm filing a harassment or annoyance or whatever it is. Um, complaint against these two individuals? No, their bosses were never even never really available, and I could never get a hold of them. So I figured, you know, I wow. won't have I won't have to deal with them anymore. And still, you know, that's every amazing. Time, every time I show up to the state house, I see that one individual. It's like he has a radar to see when I'm coming around. He's always coming around, and. So Does did I, feel- did I, did I, one, 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 just real quick, Bob, uh, Cassandra, did I misread or was this guy also vision impaired? No, this guy is fully sighted. Oh, he is. Okay. I'm thinking of somebody else. Which is, which is the, which is the point actually. Yeah. He's sighted. Okay, I think if he were visually impaired, he'd have to really be careful as to what he's trying to do because it would come back on him too. Yeah. I mean, not that what he, not that what the fully sighted guy is doing is right. Cause it's not right. Cassandra, what would be your. Uh, lesson that you can offer other people in your situation who deal with this on a regular basis what would you recommend that they do because I'm sure that you are not the only case I find that hard to believe that you would be the only case Um, so there might be some lessons here that might be uh, administered well the first thing I would like to say is stay strong in your movement you know Whatever you're doing, especially if it's not causing anybody any harm, keep it going. Keep doing it. In fact, when they get on your nerves and they complain to you about what you're doing, dig your heels in deeper. Hold on to it much stronger. Um, Don't let them unhook your fingers. Um, And secondly, keep keep track of everything they say to you and never have one-on-one discussions always keep a trail in emails keep track of the emails and print them out and save it yeah it's called cya cassandra (laughs) (laughs) we all know what that stands for but we'll leave it at that (laughs) Uh, any final thoughts cassandra before we have to conclude um i'd like to say Thank you for, you know, having me on and I hope everyone who hears this will learn from this and if they feel like they're, you know, feeling discouraged, I hope this gives them a breath of fresh air 
and they regain some strength and they dig their heels in stronger and keep it going. I agree 100%. Uh, but as I said at the outset, getting back to your legislation about the travel problems, I sincerely hope, and I know that I'm going to be assuming this about Al, but I'm sure I'm right, and Al agrees, that this ought to go national. There should be federal legislation adopted, even though you're using Massachusetts as a pilot, and that everybody should, whether you're disabled or not, should have their belongings uh, cared for in the most proper fashion by anybody, whether it's airports and even bus stations, anybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. Because our, our our valuables are our valuables, and we need them for what we do in life. Yeah. Cassandra, do you have a place where people can go to view what you're doing? Um, right now I use my Facebook page. How do people access that? Uh, well, they just send me a friend request, and I'll accept them. So that's yeah. Cassandra with one S, right? C A S A N D R A. Yes. And then uh, last name X A V I E R. Yes. All right. Well, they can just drop you a line there. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate you're very inspiring, uh, Cassandra, and um, I'm sure Bob agrees. We'd love to have you back as a guest again. I appreciate it. It was awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for coming on. And we'll give you one more venue, Cassandra, which will be Monday night on the Branco broadcast to come on then I awesome. do at this time I'm sorry go ahead Cassandra oh no I was just saying awesome alright great I want to at this time acknowledge the folks who are airing in perspective we have uh, the Massachusetts Radio Reading Service so Cassandra you might want to know that this will be aired on Tuesday uh, at 4.30 awesome. on the, the Massachusetts Radio Reading Service Oh, also see Joy Internet, possibly radio, and now a new venue up on the Chat Oasis bulletin board. Uh, the administrator of that chat system is putting our shows up there. Not to mention that I have my own lists that I send the link out to. And speaking of which, if anybody wants to comment on what Cassandra is doing or, or anything else about this program, please feel free to email us at Franco182 at Verizon.net. B-R-A-N-C-O-182 at verizon.net And you can also reach me as well at uh, uh, Al Hensel here at Lone Wolf L-O-N-E-W-O-L-F 771 at verizon.net That's Lone Wolf 771 at verizon.net um, Voice 508-478-3882 and Cassandra, I want to not only thank you for coming on, obviously, but to keep us posted as to what happens in case we don't hear it on the news. I'm yeah, concerned. that would be appreciated. Uh, this is not getting out there. I will do my best to get it out there. Thank and you. Once you send me some more information. Uh, I, but this should be on the news. I appreciate it. Very good. Thanks again for being with us on In Perspective. Thank you, Cassandra. And Alan, of course, thank you, as always, for being a very loyal co-host. And everybody, you have a safe week, and we look forward to the next time. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.
If you are interested in sharing a story or any feedback or whatever on whatever you just heard, um, either recently or like um, hundreds of episodes ago, you can send me an email to casu305 at outlook.com. And I'll say it again. C A S U 305 at outlook.com. So I have a reminder for everyone listening. Um, especially after how intense this podcast was, if you made it to the end or near the end, you are enough. Hey, thank you so much for your message. I love your podcast. Um, I definitely favorite your podcast. Um, please feel free to check out mine and hit the favorite button if you like what you hear. Um, thanks again. I love what you're doing on Anchor. So I've been on a uh, little intermission where I've been listening to a lot of people's podcasts before I post. I typically do that so I can see what's out there. And when I know what's out there, then I go ahead and try to assess myself to make my content that much more better. That's just how I do it. You know, most people don't do it to that method. But I'm glad you uh, hit me up and you found me. But the main thing is, uh, if you would like to chime in so people can also hear you from my station, check out my latest episode. Let me know what you think if you want to. I mean, you don't have to. It's uh, Basically, I'm taking people's bets on who will die in the Avengers movie. And there's a list on my segment. So it's only 15 minutes if you want. Just uh, stop by. Let me know if you uh, think who's going to die who's not going to die. <laughs> All right, y'all. Take care.